0: Off-the-shelf books, talk radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this Saturday, June the 13th. And I'm saying happy birthday to my brother Clark. It's his birthday today. But before I go any further, I want to leave this thought from Wayne Dyer with you and let you know we have an awesome guest on deck for you this morning. I'll introduce her shortly. But here's a thought from Wayne Dyer. If you believe it will work out, you'll see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you will see obstacles. Again, if you believe it will work out, you'll see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you will see obstacles, and that's from Wayne Dyer. And yes, if you for, to our loyal listeners who've been with us for 15 years, thank you, thank you, thank you. I so appreciate you. And if this is your first time. Tuning in to Off the Shelf, you are listening to the Winning Book Radio Show. Off the Shelf, and again, welcome to this Saturday, June thirteenth. Before I introduce to you our talented guest this morning, I want to encourage you to visit Breaking Rules Publishing, and it's at breaking. It's it's the same way spelled, the same way it sounds. breakingrulespublishing.com dot com, and they offer editing, reviews, and book critique services. Off-the-shelf listeners, how good of a mystery sleuth are you? Do, do you really think you can figure out who's responsible for the murder mystery that cloaks Raymond and his friend's life in love pour over me? Because there's a lot of other things that go on in this story. There's Raymond and his father's complicated relationship, and then there's Raymond and his relationship with his friends and His soulmate, Brenda, and this is all happening, when they are just starting to blossom into adulthood while they're in college. So if you value relationships, and I mean really value relationships, and you like to see complicated relationships and how we all influence and impact each other, but you also like a lot of suspense, I encourage you to stop what you're doing and get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. You can get it in ebook and start reading it right after this off-the-shelf show. It's in e-book and in print format, Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney. If you don't see it on the shelves, just ask the clerk to get your copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. But the quickest way is to just go to Barnes & Noble, ebook it, Amazon, and get you a copy right now. And now let us go, Off the Shelf listeners, and meet our very special Off the Shelf guest. And our special Off the Shelf guest this morning is Gabriela Masala. Gabriella is a life artist, facilitator, counselor, and author. She is also the co-director of Source Consulting Group, and Gabriella offers community and individual play shops, and we'll discover more about that later during this feature interview. Magnificence, living in our uh, workshop topics that she covers include Let Your Soul Pilot Your Way, Everyday Magnificence, Living in Our Sweetest Spot, and The Future of Children. Oh, how important. And Gabriella is the author of the book's one love nuggets and everyday magnificent practices to activate an unlimited life. Discover more about Gabriella. And again, it's Gabriella Masala, M A S A L A. But you can discover more about Gabriella at gabriellamasala.com. G A B R I E L A M A. A lot of A's in there. S A L A.com. G A. B R I E L A M A S A L A dot com. And of course, you can certainly learn more about Miss Gabriella by continuing to listen to this off the shelf interview. I'm going to bring her in now. We are honored to have Gabriella join us on Off the Shelf this morning. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Gabriella.
1: Thank you so much. What a fun introduction! A pleasure and honor to be here with you today.
0: Oh, we're happy to have you, and 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 and, and excited to see what you'll share. After doing this for 15 years, I learned something from every single guest who comes on the show, and, and the good thing about the show for, for our off-the-shelf listeners, you can go always go back. If you come in midstream on the show, you're like, oh, my God, off-the-shelf, and you tune in at 11.30 or whatever, you can always go back and listen to the, any of the shows in the archive in its, in its entirety and share it with um, anybody who you think might benefit from it. So, Gabriella... This is one thing I learned early on doing Off the Shelf. I used to just go right into the questions, and I got emails from listeners saying, can you give us a little bit of intro on the guests before you go right into the questions about their books? So the first few questions I ask every every guest so our listeners can learn a little bit more, more about the guests before we start talking about their specific books. So to kick it off this morning, Gabriella, can you please tell Off the Shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up.
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. So I was born in Uruguay, South America, and I spent the first three years of my life there and was uh, the child of the coups and the revolution where the military took over so many countries in South America, Chile and Argentina and um I was among them. So I was born into a revolution of the liberation movement being repressed by the military control. And so um, that kind of early intensity and early trauma really ignited my love and and my connection to the divine, to... Whether we call it God or Goddess or Source or the Mystery or Buddha Nature, by any name, that that force of unconditional love and uh, supreme love and unity was my companion from an early age, and I think that part of the like perhaps like many of us, sometimes trauma and intensities can really light the fire for communion with the divine. So um, when I was three, we moved to the United States, and I grew up in New York, and, um, you know, there was always, no matter what arose in, in any life of love and relationships and complexities, which you spoke to as you introduced your awesome novel, that sense of um, the steady thread through my life has always been that relationship to source energy and how to bring creativity and the connection to the creative force of life alive through my own daily life as a way of self-care, as a way of connection, as a way of companionship, and as a way of contribution, ultimately, so that our creative uh, gifts and our medicine become our contribution back to humanity.
0: Mm. Oh my goodness. And see what comes what came out of all that uh conflict and trauma, Gabriella Masala, we can come through magnificently through no matter what we experience and you're proof of that. When you were a little girl with all that was going on around you in the country and the conflict, but I, I, what did you dream? You know, even through some of the hardest things as a child we can think when I come out of this I'm going to be what did you dream of becoming when you were a kid?
1: Such great questions. You know, my earliest memory still in South America was looking up at the stars and having such, even in a little three year old body, uh, but having such a remembered sense of a much more expanded, multi dimensional eternal life and feeling that I was here now on the earth for a mission. And so even at an early age, I had a real sense of of calling and mission. And um, love has always been a very important thread of that, just like the simplicity of love and kindness. And so as a young child, I wanted to be a teacher because some of the early teachers in my life that were really loving, you know, hopefully every child has one, some teacher or mentor who sees the spirit in them, who sees the genius in them, and just loves them into being. And so at an early age, those who loved me into being, including my parents who are very, very uh, unconditionally loving people, that inspired me to want to be like them and to be teachers. And then over time, I also fell in love with bringing spirit and bringing uh, joy into the body. And so I fell in love with dance and with movement and the expressive arts. I fell in love with creativity, writing, drawing, painting, singing. So all of these mediums uh, just became to grow in me and led me to bringing them into the world in a professional way. But always through the lens of supporting, supporting people to come to life. And I think that's part of the mission I felt at an early age of we're here on this planet right now. How can we be as vital, as connected, as expressive, as unified, as in love with life as possible?
0: Wow. And, and, you, and through all that you were going through, and you said uh, even from your, um, a lot of it, just watching how your parents lived their lives, I had a, a big part of it. To you, but I just I really applaud you. Sometimes we can become almost like drowning in an ocean by the circumstances, what's going on around us. We can just let it almost drown us, or we can find something. Sometimes it's a person, a belief, like a raft, something to hang on to through the storm. And sometimes in the storm, that's when we people become excellent swimmers. But just how you respond to those traumatics. yeah. situations really. You're you're a living example that you can't come through it. Which what actually when when we start to talk about your book later in the, in the show, uh, and and not too much too much later, but what led uh, if you could share with us what led you onto the path of inner healing and inner waking? I know you said you you always knew when you were young the type of work you were going to do. But was there like a specific event that occurred? that really awakens you and got you on this path of inner healing and inner awakening?
1: Such a great question, Denise. And I really want to uh, acknowledge, too, that at this moment that we're having this conversation, there are so many people who are in that storm, and uh, there's so much happening on our planet right now. And and just to to really honor each person's journey and that I intend for each person that they find that inner fortitude and that connection in their own, in the, the divine of their own heart's understanding that can be the light, that the light inside, you know, there's this idea that um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And through my experience, which I think is not just one event, but many events in my lifetime, whether meeting the intensities of of life and death, of the loss and grief, of um of meeting the, the throes of addiction in myself and in others, that there are those moments that I have come to discover that the light at the end of the tunnel is actually the light inside of us
0: and that it's within us
1: all along and that that when we connect to that, that's actually the light that lights our way through. And so it's been a series of many events and I'd say that, that it's it's more been a process of remembering as well as awakening that the awakening has been more about remembering that, that each of us is always whole, that there's a a, a vast part of us. Maybe if we can even look through the, the lens just to use the words, not the beliefs of the persona or the ego and then the spirit or the soul and which one of those is driving the life. And that, um, when I believed that my ego and my persona was all I was, those intensities felt really insurmountable. But when I was able to surrender and, and come into the view and the perspective of the spirit and the soul that is vast and eternal and infinite and unlimited, that then when that starts to drive a life, there's a whole new perspective like that beautiful, Wayne Dyer quote you started with, then it's opportunity and it's potential. Right? And so waking up to this is who I really am, this is who we really are, this whole infinite, unified, amazing mystery and miracle of life.
0: Wow, you know, it's <laughs> that's it, and for for our listeners who might be um I think we're on different parts of the path, uh they might just be starting out or not even really starting, but real struggling I, if the, If this all sounds a little too far out there, I would encourage <laughs> you to continue to seek peace if whatever it is is it peace or love, and you might find that one day you say, "Oh, I knew what Gabriella was talking about when you get to that part where you're where she is on the path right now um." Is there is there a key? You, you you said this earlier. There's a lot going on in the world right now. Is there a key to balancing our outer world—work, travel, paying bills, exercising? We have so much to do, and our inner world—balancing it, balancing it, hearing inner guidance, heeding inner wisdom, stilling our mind, celebrating boundless wonders, and staying curious. Is there a way to balance it? Because when you think of all the things we have to do in seemingly the outer world, it can seem almost impossible
1: to balance yes.
0: the two worlds while you're juggling a hectic schedule. Are there any tips you can share with our listeners on how they might be able to do that?
1: Sure, and and it is a life practice. So I think the first uh the first thing I would say is that it's daily practice. It's the 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 little things that we do daily that really make a difference. And for me, that includes a practice of contemplation daily. Even the first thing I do when I wake up, the first thing that we think of or feel or invite ourselves into the moment our eyes wake up, sets the tone for the day, you know? So the difference of waking up with an alarm and going into a, a rote routine of the things that we do that are all, focused on the linear logical to-do list or the same old thoughts we might be having or the difference of opening my eyes, taking a deep breath, putting a hand on my heart, acknowledging this is a new day. Today I'm giving my life over to magic, to mystery, to love. Please guide me. A feeling of gratitude as a first thing in the morning practice to start to flood your fields with gratitude. I'm grateful for my breath. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for the bird songs I hear singing. So these simple things that we do that set the tone for the day, I think that how we begin and how we end the day is very important. And then to always have some practice in our own unique way, there's as many ways to meditate and pray and reflect as there are individuals, whether it's some time that you make sure every day that you um, have some reflective prayer time or a meditation practice maybe it's sitting maybe it's a walking meditation but sometimes that's really about building that deep listening and reflection and being with the inner life so that I think uh, is really know, important
0: so there is no you know I can tell you uh I, years ago I used to think there was some magic thing I could do and it will it would hold <laughs> once and for all and everything would be fine and perfect <laughs> I could do this this magical thing just one time and it would and 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 what you shared is there really is no there is no magical thing that can be done. It's it's like you said, you got to keep working at it. Is is there is no do it once and it just sticks forever. You got to keep working at it every day some yeah. type of ritual and I've heard so many people who've had success say they have these rituals, they have things they do every single day, mm-hmm. and uh, we're worth it. You know, you have to care about yourself enough to say, I'm just going to do this every day. And then uh, you start when you start to see the results, you can see why it is important to keep sticking with it. Is it true? And this is a, a question for our listeners and a question for personal for me, is it true, Gabriella, that we are exactly where we are supposed to be right now? And is there proof that this is so?
1: That is such a great question. I um, I will say that it is available for that exploration for each of us to really ask it, and then be in our direct relationship to the divine, to the power of life, to that inquiry, and to while we're asking that question. So for me, when I ask that, I say absolutely yes. And for anyone who's listening, I would say ask it and then become really aware of who's answering, of what voice is answering. And, and this connects back to a practice of heart-brain coherence. This is something else that in these times more than ever, if I would say there's one practice to really start to become aware of, which can be anywhere, it can heart brain coherence, you can practice this while you're doing the dishes, you can practice this while you're walking the dog, you can practice this while you're sitting at your computer terminal, or you can practice it in meditation. But it is starting to deepen the breath and bring our awareness from the head, which is gonna give us a very different response to that great question, Denise and bring the awareness to the heart and if we can start to bring our awareness to the heart sometimes it helps to touch the heart it helps to imagine that you're breathing from the heart and chest itself and then from this place to start to connect to any thing in our lives that brings us a felt sense of gratitude of joy of compassion of true care that literally shifts our brain waves it shifts our heart rhythms it shifts the hormonal levels in our bodies, it down-regulates cortisol, which is the stress chemical, it up-regulates oxytocin and endorphins, which are the feel-good and bonding chemicals. The simple practice of coming into heart-brain coherence or harmony brings us into that place where we are more connected to the part of us that is unlimited, that is whole, that knows nothing is broken, no matter how chaotic and crazy our world or our circumstances may seem. And ultimately, that would answer that very question you just asked with yes. We are all exactly where we need to be on our path. Everything that we need for our unique way of awakening and coming into wholeness is available for us. And from this place, we can feel, just like your opening quote, where the opportunities are that are opening for us rather than the obstacles.
0: Mm. Now, before we go on and then start talking about every, everyday magnificent practices to activate an unlimited life, I want to ask this because sometimes, sometimes, like with a listener, you can think, oh, okay, well, maybe she's always been on that path, but some people aren't. Their their life might be very chaotic um, mm-hmm. yeah. so I wanted to ask you this were, were you? Was there ever a time in your life Where you were on like the fast track Living a life of seemingly endless deadlines And to do's And just going at this phrenic pace And then was there ever a time When your life was like that And you just stepped out of that
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely And there were times that there were times that I was in very dysfunctional relationships that were very abusive, where I felt very trapped and um, uh, hopeless about getting out. And there were also times where even though I I was living a uh, mainstream picture of success and loved my work, and but it was too fast and too busy, and it felt... Um, like often, like I was on, you know, the the back of a very fast moving train and barely holding on with my legs flying in the air behind me.
0: Wow! So, yes, yeah.
1: There there have been times, and you know, I'm 50, which is uh, maybe midlife, maybe more. I feel like I've just started my second life, but it's really only been over the last five to 10 years that I really feel like I have chosen to find what is my true rhythm, what is it to live a whole and healthy integrated life that isn't on this crazy frenetic hamster wheel of constant productivity and doing and really shifting into a state of being. And that's taken many, many years of practice and I still have to practice at it because the inner world and the choices that, I, that I'm making in my daily life, I still have to interact with a world that is super high speed Right? We all do. We all do. It's still, we don't want to just become hermits. We need to be able to relate to the world. Uh, And that, again, is back to the constant chop wood, carry water, the choices, the thoughts, the feelings, the practices, the rituals in daily life that help me to stay grounded and sane
0: daily practices and you know what uh our off the shelf listeners who might be saying i have just too much on my plate i don't have time to meditate i don't have time to pray i don't have the time to sit still or go for a walk i mean i can remember years ago when i was raising my son i felt like who has time to sit down for two minutes it's just so hectic mm-hmm. that you just feel like I, I, I don't I can't fit it in. I can't fit it in. But we all do have daily practices. When when you think about it, uh, to our listeners, we all have daily practices. Most people get up and brush their teeth, you, we take a shower or a bath and we wash up and some of us as soon as we get on the put our feet on the floor and I used to be one of these people. We might start complaining and go, Oh my God, I gotta go to work again or there's that's a practice. If you do it every day, we all do. So maybe switching up some of those uh, existing practices for ones that are more rewarding and beneficial. Now, this last question before we start talking about everyday magnificent, you guys, Gabriella, are there signs? You talked about earlier how we can focus on the breathing and really invite that guidance from our higher self in. Are there signs that love, that love is truly leading the way in our lives because what we call the false self or the ego, it can really fake us out. It can make it look like its guidance is going to bring us the best of the best. And then you get down following it and you're like, wait a minute. But are there signs that love is really leading the way in our lives? And if so, Gabriella, what are some of those signs?
1: Great question. I love this. So again, it depends where we're looking and what what eyes we're seeing. And yes, those signs are everywhere. But if we're looking through the eyes of hatred, if we're looking through the eyes of separation, if we're looking through the eyes of the I, me, mine persona, we might miss them. But I see those signs are everywhere. And so the first way to approach, again, for anyone is to ask, where am I looking? Where am I looking from? Mm -hmm. And to bring the awareness back to the heart. It seems so um, simple, and yet that alone, even if no one has time to do meditation practices and life is too full, but everyone has awareness in the moment where no matter what they're doing, they can just bring their attention back to their hearts. And for me, when I do this, I see the signs of love leading the way everywhere. I see it in the eyes of children. I see it and feel it in a simple touch of my hand on my husband's shoulder or squeezing my daughter's hand, you know, just simple things. There's, there's so many signs in the natural world. I feel that nature is such a teacher of wholeness. And of love, sometimes even the word "love" can be triggering to people, but if we we are able to just look at at beauty, at the beauty of nature, at the wholeness of nature, at the the way that plants grow, at the way that that the sun comes out and the plants just the flowers open up and rise toward it it's um, you know the power of the river of the ocean, if we can make time to be out. In the beauty of the natural world, it's one of the greatest teachers of how love is leading the way. And if we can bring our attention to our hearts and do our best to get beyond thinking and doing and really connect with the beingness of life, of, of those that we love and feel loved by, and if we don't even have that, there's the non-human life, animals plants, the elementals, the way that the wind feels on our our cheek, on our skin, the way that it feels to look into the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset, that in those liminal moments, we can feel that there is a greater mystery that one of my teachers calls loving intelligence and intelligent love, and that it is available, it is available all the time.
0: And you know, I like to get outside and walk, uh, and mm-hmm. just that vitamin D is good for us as well. Just being in natural sunlight instead of human-made uh, sunlight. But yeah, just that keeping that curiosity about life that we had when we were kids, and 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 just staying fascinated with life because this isn't the end. I don't believe when we leave here, and just eh, knowing there's nothing that can happen here that could really injure or destroy you. And and, and keep seeking love and peace. Just keep seeking it, regardless of what it's like now or what somebody tells you. Because if you keep going, you look back months later, you're like, wow, you can't believe how much ground you've made if you keep doing the work. Now we want to talk about your book, What Was It Like, Gabriella?, Working with Balboa Press, I know I had heard about them. I used to listen to Hay House years ago. But Balboa Press, to our off-the-shelf listeners, is a vision of Hay House. What was it like working with them while you were publishing everyday magnificent practices to activate an unlimited life?
1: It was wonderful. It was great to have a a team, a publishing team to work with, and uh, it was a great process.
0: Okay. Can you tell us about the role that art plays in healing?
1: Sure. Uh, I come from a background in art therapy. And for me, art includes all kinds of expressions, dance, song, uh, movement, poetry, writing of all kinds. So it's not to limit in any way that the art is really about the art of life and that each of us are artists, every single one of us has innate creativity, has unique ways that we can express our, our unique voice, uh, that we can use art to come into deeper connection with the unmet uh, and unhealed parts of ourselves. We can use that in in drawing with color, with clay, um, with sound, with authentic movement. So I have a very broad spectrum of what I consider art, and that ultimately life is a work of art, and that anything that we do to express ourselves moves us in the direction of feeling more whole and more connected
0: yeah you know what art and journaling is uh, is another one that and, but I'm going from things that are actually to our listeners uh in everyday magnificence some of the things when I was researching for Gabriella's interview that are actually covered in the book now why why mystery uh any mystery at all this is a a question many may have if our true self has nothing hidden or it's never confused why does it feel why does life feel like a mystery or like things, like we come to intersections in our life and we don't know which way to go? Why does that, why does that occur if our true self knows all and, is, and and does not intend to hide anything from us?
1: I love your question, Denise. I don't know. I don't know. And, and it feels somehow like part of the miracle of life to be in the, uh, the unknown and that sometimes not knowing actually just opens the doorways to possibilities that we couldn't even think of because it's not a thinking experience. Um, I mean, there's so many ways to answer this question and, and directions to go. And one is that the language that we're speaking in the English language and what's great because we can communicate, but that the English language is actually not a mother tongue in the way that there's mother tongue languages in the uh, many indigenous traditions in Australia and Africa, in many of the uh, the first nations languages and Sanskrit, that there is, you know, first there was the word. And the English language actually is based more in separation and mm. critical thinking and uh, linguistically, it it creates uh, separation, and and whereas the mother tongue languages are much more connected to the magic of life, to the mystery, and and are able to weave through in a place of wholeness and connection and unity, and so there's um, a curiosity that I have around what about all of the many peoples who have been before us for thousands and millions of years on this planet who had a whole different relationship to life and to what is known and unknown and to the cosmos. And that what we're experiencing now is a paradigm that's really been quite limited, you know, so much of, um, the the patriarchal colonizing extraction mentality that's all kind of been focused around a Western thinking mind male dominated dominated separatist way of thinking and it's it's bound in the language. Uh,
0: interesting, interesting, and 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 a lot of people, yeah, English isn't like a a. For many, it's a, a native language, but it's definitely not like the oldest, for sure, languages mm-hmm. out here. Uh, and then I've also been taught that l- uh, words are the lowest form of communication, period.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's Isn't that like amazing?
0: Energy, energy, sound, those are higher mm-hmm. forms of communication. Uh, mm-hmm. Words are actually the lowest form. And that's what mm-hmm. we pride ourselves on, our words, <laughs> and maybe right. that kind of yeah. answers the question Why do we not <laughs> The inner guidance Because maybe if the inner guidance Isn't coming through words And we want it to yeah, yeah. And it's not coming through that way um, So back to talking about everyday magnificent. There's so many wonderful things In Gabriella's book To our off-the-shelf listeners And the title again is Everyday Magnificent Practices to Activate an Unlimited Life In which speaking with Gabriella Masala, M-A-S-A-L-A. So what does offer yourself to the unknown? What does that involve?
1: So that um, is one, again, of many, many ways that we can be in our lives and shift our attention from the thinking, knowing, doing part of us to the part of us that is more expanded. It's it's a relaxation so that we get beyond words. I'm going to just give us a, a visceral or body experience, a breath experience. So it's taking a deep breath and relaxing into our spine, relaxing into maybe whatever seat we're sitting in right now. Maybe it includes closing our eyes, putting a hand on our heart, and just asking the question of, What is this mystery and this miracle of life? Why am I here? And how can I come most alive and give my best back to this world and my living? And then just get quiet there. And often that inner guidance, that higher guidance, that mystery that we were just talking about, it comes through a feeling state It comes through an energetic state and it takes a quieting of the mind and a dropping into the heart, a softening to start to feel the movement of what it is to surrender into the unknown.
0: Mm. I was actually working, going along with the yip. And you, I was actually doing it, and hopefully other listeners were too. And maybe you can feel yourself starting to relax. I did as you as you as you start to do that. Can you share? You just share one practice. Can you share maybe two other practices that are included in the book? Everyday magnificent practices to activate an unlimited life. Are there any other practices that one you could do? Just follow along with what you did. Uh, you could do it in. Uh, probably 30 seconds to a minute
1: and, oh, and yeah.
0: add it as a practice to your day. Are there any other, maybe two practices you can share with our listeners, something they can do yes. quickly every day to start to get centered?
1: Yes, absolutely. And and what I'll say first is that the book is actually your book. It's not my book. It's your book, that it is actually a expressive arts playbook, workbook, interactive journal full of activities that are writing-based, that are drawing-based, that are fourfold meditations. So there's standing meditations, moving meditations, seated meditations, reclining meditations, and many different practices to wake up the energy body, the, um, the inner wisdom being that we are. So another simple practice from the energy medicine tradition, you can do it anytime, anywhere. You take your fingertips and tap your chest. Tap all along the clavicle bones of the chest, all along over the heart. And this activates the thymus gland, which is the gland of unconditional love, of forgiveness. It opens up the heart. This is great to do if we're grieving or if we're tight or if we're sad or if, It's a revitalizer. You can take those same fingertips and bring them to the top of the head. Tap on both right and left side of the head, integrating the right and left side of the brain. You can also tap on the forehead and the center of the forehead. I like to call this the first eye. You can tap on the sides of the eyes, at the cheekbones, underneath the nose, underneath the lips. And this is like doorways into the energy body that clears and opens our system. It helps us to shift. This is the uh, tapping technique. And so this is such ah. a simple practice. Yes,
0: that a, is simple.
1: Yeah, it's a way of working with the energy, right? So we don't have to think. We don't have to speak. Just do the tapping and it gets the energy moving. Helps to release guilt, shame, stress. There's also the karate chop point, which is in between the pinky joint and the wrist, right in that middle of the hand area. Just tap that with the fingertips. Deep breath. I'm willing to be clear. It's like a doorway into the central nervous system that clears our energy out.
0: Thank you for sharing this.
1: Sure. And one last one that I'll share that's very practical is to drink a glass of water. Just drinking a glass of water, pausing in the middle of a busy day, and just drinking a glass of water can increase our energy by 40%. And it gives us that moment to pause and center and then go on with whatever we need to do with more mindfulness and more awareness.
0: Interesting. Thank you for what you shared. I can tell you, I drink water, but like the tapping and the... um with the exercise you did earlier. Those are simple ones, and I just add those to my day and encourage our off-the-shelf listeners. And then you can see how you feel after maybe a week or a month, and then if you decide whether you want to continue or not continue because the choice is certainly yours. But please, uh, next, uh, Gabriella, thank you again for what you shared. And this, for our listeners, what Gabriella shared, these things and other work, Activities are in her book, in the book, Everyday Magnificent Practices to Activate an Unlimited Life. And again, we're speaking with Gabriella Masala, M A S A L A. Could you please give off the shelf listeners an overview of One Love Nuggets?
1: Sure. One Love Nuggets is a very simple, turn to any page book of inspiration with just one sentence on each page. You can look at it sequentially but what I recommend and most of the, um, the the people who love One Love Nuggets like to do is to keep it somewhere, a bedside, bring it with them um, in their bag, keep it in an office or classroom environment and turn to a page when you need an inspiration or a bit of direction and every single one on every page is a nugget of a sentence that gives us a simple teaching that connects us to our own innate inner wholeness love connection beauty kindness awareness etc
0: oh okay and you know what some people some people I've heard believe this whatever page you turn to in a book that's the page you're meant to read for right now.
1: If yes, you've
0: opened the book, that's the page you're meant to even if you don't think it is, that's the one you're meant to read right now. That's
1: exactly the inspiration for it. Mm. Are <laughs> they
0: are the are, are the gold nuggets that are included in one love nuggets? Are these the lessons that you have learned along the way and I think I was just thinking about that this morning. Well, I heard somebody do an interview and they shared something that really, I, I found it a big benefit. Is that where, you know, we lo- we learn our lessons and then we share them and they help other people. Is that what these love nuggets, is that what the genesis, where they sprang from? Uh, yes. Where did you get?
1: Yes, yes, that is. They have all sprung from my direct life experience and specifically for 25, 30 years now. I've just been steeping and studying universal wisdom teachings. So all of the teachings from from the Asian and East, from yoga to Zen to Buddhism, to uh, First Nations and Native American studies, to some of the gems of Christianity, of Islam, of Judaism, of Uh, animism, so really looking at what are the roots of all of these world spiritualities, what are the roots of what reminds us of our unity as a humanity, of our uh, beauty and wholeness as one of so many species on this beautiful planet you know, the earth is this amazing thriving garden planet even after all that we are seeing in what we're doing as, as humans, even with climate change, even with pollution, even with all that is going on, there's still a sense of, um, of wonder and beauty and awe and wholeness that is intact. And we can find that when we look at nature, and we can find that when we look at some of the ancient traditions that really give us so much wisdom and insight about how to live in harmony, no matter what is arising. Because every life will have its immense challenges and suffering. And ultimately, everyday magnificent, as well as one love nuggets, are really about no matter what is arising in our human life, we can find that place of wholeness and gratitude that will shine the light from the inside out. And that's where those all arose from.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Now, when and why did you help to launch Source Consulting Group? What What's the inspiration behind that, and when did you uh, help launch
1: it? My husband and I launched Source Consulting Group back in 2002. And our inspiration was that we had been in our own lives and study and uh, careers working with individuals and groups to come into greater connection, greater coherence, greater teaming, greater leadership, and that we were ready to formalize this work and be inspired by the source of life, by the source of, um, of our own unity, all, I say, not just he and I, but that's, that's, Source energy was really our inspiration of how do we bring this work to the world in a way where we're both individuals, groups, organizations, faculties, corporate, community, all kinds of groups, where we're redirecting them to connect to their own deepest heart and knowing, and then from that place of unity, compassion, and wholeness, be more functional as communities and groups and businesses.
0: And that is so needed at at all times, even when we think things are going really well, because that's usually sometimes when the chaos seems to appear, when we think everything is fine and maybe we've stopped our daily practices. We've we've let little things start to irritate us, and we think everything's fine, and it's not. So just keeping up the daily practices and then the types of services. It's odd. I was watching a show last night, and I think it took place in, in somewhere in Britain, uh, where these men, they were domestic violence and sometimes violence toward their children. Well, they went into this group, and, I, and it was a man and a woman who were leading it. And the change in those men, and and first they couldn't even see where they were anyways at fault or responsible for what was happening in their homes. Man, by the time that show was over, they saw, oh, I see my role that I played in this. Before they were very defensive, and then they... So the work that you and your husband do, how it can change not only an individual, but that individual goes back home, and then the whole family is changed. And so I thank you for that. Can you share some of the specific services that are offered at uh, through Source Consulting Group?
1: Sure, um, Source Consulting Group works with teams of all sizes and all levels to support in mediation and conflict resolution, to do the world work and the deeper work of being able, just as you were sharing, um, to circle up and take responsibility and be accountable for our place on a team, in a family, in a system, to uh, develop leadership qualities that are leadership that is not based in patriarchal, and hierarchical forms, but that is really uh, a leader that is deeply connected to themselves and also really holding the well-being of the whole of whatever it is that they're a part of and leading, and also in facilitator training, really supporting people to learn to become self-aware and then to facilitate others. Because ultimately the work that we want to do is to send out many seeds of people who feel whole and inspired to be agents of change and transformation and unity in their communities.
0: Oh, what great work. What great work. And so many, Anita, and there are people all over, all over the world who, well, some do prayer, meditation, and some do like the Source Consulting Group. They are constantly helping others, I just, an I, I image of, like, a, I volunteered uh, with a, a group at the Chattanooga, like, Food Bank, and and th- these people who are, I mean, it's like their life, they're constantly mm-hmm. giving back to others. I was talking on a radio interview last night on Baltimore uh, Live about No Longer Bound, which is a group we helped found in Pennsylvania, and you think there's some people, their whole life is dedicated to helping others and I just so appreciate uh, those who do yeah. that, those like yourself. Yeah. What what this is a new word. This is a new word, so I haven't heard of this one. I've heard of workshops. But can you tell us, Gabriella, what are play
1: shops? Play shops. I love play shops and this is part of my curiosity and wonder and childlike nature. I think all of our childlike nature has so much wisdom that um, we work too much, you know, and um, there's this there's a shift in the languaging from work to sacred work to sacred play. And so in play shops, we are garnering all of the same wisdom and insights and teachings and developmental uh, goodies that we would get in a workshop, but we're really looking through the lens of reigniting the wisdom and the sweetness and the magic of our child self, and play is such an incredible gift that we give ourselves. Whether it's playing with your pets or playing with your children or playing games, um, being playful, I think, is is in some ways for many adults it becomes a lost art. And there's so much health and well-being and happiness and wisdom that comes from it. Because usually as as young children, until we get either brainwashed or uh, in some way squelched of our spirit, our innate playfulness and our innate knowing has so much to teach us about who we are and why we're here on the planet. And so play shops are of many different themes of uh, what I love to share but they're always rooted in, really anchoring into the playful, free, and passionate creative spirit within every single one of us.
0: Oh, you're right. We do work too much. We gotta have a relax. <laughs> and maybe sometimes I think about like with the COVID and the uh, uh, work from home for those who are doing that, or even those who might be furloughed. Um, it makes it almost makes you just kind of chill out a little bit. <laughs> It right, makes you right. slow down and, and chill out a little bit. So almost was the universe saying, hey, I was trying to get your attention, but y'all didn't want to listen, so we're going to try it this way. So you just yeah, sit back and re, yeah. and relax a, a little bit. Do you offer customized play shops to, are they like with individuals or groups? Is it virtual? Uh, how, uh, somebody You come someplace, you meet outdoors somewhere. Where do these play shops take place at?
1: All of the above, all of the above, Um, post the great pause of COVID, I was um, sharing at events, retreat centers, private studios, private groups, uh, one-on-one work in person. And since then I'm available uh, via Zoom and telephone, and we do custom workshops or play shops For groups, faculties, teams, um, women's groups, church groups, and then also one-on-one work is something I really, really love and uh, really enjoy serving in that way. So, yes, and at some point, again, I will open the doors to traveling and meeting in person. And what I've continued to do in very small 10 women or less is um, song circles, and we meet outdoors with a live fire, and we pour the waters as an offering to keep the fire and the water altars of masculine, feminine, um, those polarities, and, uh, and we sing songs, and we sing mother, songs from, mother tongue songs from all over the world, and that is something the song carriers work that I continue to maintain, and we meet on full moons and new moons.
0: Interesting. Now, we learn so much. We have, you guys, we have less than about, we only have about four minutes left. We're coming down to the end of the show. I didn't get to all the questions, and I generally never do. But we learn so much about ourselves while we're creating. Gabriella, what have you learned about yourself since you wrote your books?
1: I continue to learn so much every day. Um, One of the biggest things that I've learned and the reason why I made it into a profession for the last 25 years and then into books is that if I don't create, if I don't stay creative and expressive, I become depressed Mm. and I become unhappy. And so um, it is such a gift that I can remember the moment that that grouchiness or that energy starts to diminish or feel even a little bit shut down, that I can just grab a pen to paper or make a circle and fill it with color or get barefoot out in my garden and do a little dance or sing out a few sounds. And that is, it is the immediate fast track to feeling more alive, more whole, more healthy, more free, and more happy. And I still learn that all the time.
0: <laughs> so the thing, it sounds like the lessons that you're sharing in your books, you, you're you still a student of, you continue to learn. And that may be for all of us. Where mm-hmm. can off the shelf, before I ask you this last question, I want to let our listeners know we have just been blessed with uh, being able to share this off-the-shelf time with Gabrielle, Gabriella Masala, Love her name. And she is actually the author of the books One Love Nuggets, which we covered briefly during the day show and everyday magnificent practices to activate an unlimited life. She is online. I encourage you to visit her and bookmark her and keep bookmark her website to keep up with what she's doing. And maybe you want to get involved with one of her play shops. But she's at GabriellaMasala.com, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-A-M-A-S-A. dot com G A B R I E L A M A S A L A dot com. So, God, and if you came in late, I don't want folks to aware, but you can go back and listen to the show in its entirety in the archives and share it with as many, 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 many folks as you would like to. Where can, first a couple of quick questions. Do you have any upcoming engagement? And if so, could you share them with our listeners? Just maybe one or two upcoming speaking engagements that you might have.
1: My next engagement is actually getting my uh, e courses online, and okay. so that'll be the next that'll be the next step. And folks can tune into the website, and I will be making some free meditations and exercises available on the website, and then launching my online course.
0: Awesome. If you're on any social um, media networks, where can off-the-shelf listeners find you online? Uh,
1: I am on Instagram, Gabriella Masala. Facebook, Gabriella Masala. And Everyday Magnificent is on Facebook as well. And uh, I'm always happy to hear from anyone that's inspired.
0: And where can we get copies of your books, One Love Nuggets, and Everyday Magnificent Practices to Activate an Unlimited Life? Where can our listeners get copies of your books?
1: They are available at my website, which you've shared so many times, and uh, also on Amazon.
0: Okay. Oh, what a blessing, what a blessing. We are out of time, you guys. I encourage you, even if you stay with us from top to bottom, Go back and listen again. You could even do some of the practices that she was so gracious to share for, uh, for free, right here on off the shelf. Miss Gabriella Masala, and again, she's the author of the books One Love Nuggets and Everyday Magnificent Practices to Activate an Unlimited Life. And she's online at gabriellamasala.com. G A B R I E L A M A S A L A. Dot com. Thank you, Gabriella. And to our off the shelf listeners, thank you for being here with us. Uh, uh please, please share today's show once it finishes streaming the archives with as many people who can be blessed, 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 blessed from the show. Remember, you are awesome. You are incredible. You are absolutely amazing. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Gabriella, I'll shoot you, send you an email when the show Finish the stream, and I'll send you a link to the show. Thank you, Gabriella. Thank you all. Bye for now. See you back here next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.
1: Thank you so much.